Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. As an Instagram strategist, it's literally my job to test all of the best apps, softwares, and tools when it comes to creating content on Instagram and really streamlining those processes. So if you're wondering, what are the best tools for adding captions to videos, editing my videos, editing my photos, creating graphics, and just organizing all of my ideas into a content calendar that makes sense? I have created Tasha's Toolbox with 30 of my favorite tools, even including all of the tripods and video equipment that I use and love from Amazon. So if you want to download that completely free toolbox guide to help you out, it is at soulstudiomarketing.com slash toolbox, or we've linked it in the show notes for you. Hello and welcome to season two of the podcast. I am so excited that you're here. So excited to see you in 2021. And this episode is going to be a 2020 year in review. And this is one of my favorite episodes to tune into. I know Jenna Kutcher of the Gold Digger podcast, who's of course like an OG podcaster. I love hearing her break down her income, her expenses, you know, what worked, what didn't work. I think it's really interesting to just do the research and look back on, but I think it also is very cool for you to kind of see inside my business. And then when we come back in 2021 or 2022, oh my gosh, we'll be able to kind of see how things have changed and grown from there. And 2020 has been the biggest year of growth for me yet. I'm recording this December 10th so we can get it edited and ready for the new year before the team heads off for the holidays. So kind of keep in mind, this is as of December 10th, I have hit six figures in my business. And I want to first say a disclaimer because I've been in business now three years. Soul Studio turns three in January. And I I thought it was really interesting to look at how my income has majorly changed just in the three years I've been in business. So in 2018 was when I started my business. I was still a college student part-time and I, I was just figuring it out like many of us do in our first year of business. And so I only made my first year in business. Like, so pretty much nothing to live off of. I didn't have a lot of expenses in my business. I literally didn't have a team. That was just me doing, obviously, not a lot of client work. I was doing a lot of client work, but I was not getting paid enough for it. So that was 2018. 2019, I made 37,000, which I feel like was pretty good. I was like very happy with that. During that year, in the beginning half, I was like 
barely profiting, like barely making a few thousand a month. But eventually through the end of the year, when I started getting more into products, started raising my rates, started getting more in demand, I kind of got to that 37,000 point. And now in 2020, I brought in a hundred thousand and four, (laughs) a hundred and four thousand in 2020, which is pretty crazy just to look at how I went to making 14,000 to now making over a hundred thousand in my business. So I basically want to review a few categories. So I want to break down my income, kind of sharing where my main areas of income were. I want to review my expenses so you can see like an accurate, um, you know, what were my expenses, what was my income, and kind of what was my overall net profit. Um, Your net profit is basically subtracting your expenses from your income. So what is your actual take home? And then I'm going to go into launch overview. So I'm going to go over all of the launches that I had in 2020 and what I did on the back end and how much I made. So this is going to primarily be for products. And then I'm going to get into Instagram insights, of course. So I'm going to mainly go over IGTV, feed posts, a little bit about stories and reels to kind of show you what my top performing content was, which I think will be very interesting. And then we will wrap it all up by basically saying, you know, what does all this mean? How am I analyzing this content? You know, how do I know kind of what worked, what didn't work, and how am I going into 2021 with a whole new plan and idea? So let's get into my income breakdown. So total income, so how much money I brought into my business was $104,296.37. Probably by the end of the year, I'll probably be close to $105,000 or $106,000. So let's break down the main categories. So one of them was actually Amazon affiliate income. I made um, $386 from Amazon affiliate income, which I was like kind of surprised at. I mean, that's not that's not a lot of money by any means, but it definitely shows that for the very little that I share my Amazon affiliate links, they're definitely generating income for me. So definitely something I want to focus more on in 2021 is just sharing the stuff that I naturally buy on Amazon. So that was a small portion of my income. Another big one is like overall client sales. And so this is including speaker income. This is including when I was doing monthly management. This is like strategy sessions, like any type of one-on-one type of client work or speaker work. This is all of it. So I basically made $58,000 just from client income. So that's definitely a huge chunk of my income this year. Like I said, some of it was speakers. I didn't get paid a ton for speaking this year, but I did get a few gigs that I was getting like a few um, hundred or a few thousand dollars. Like when I did later con, I've done some other collabs with like Animoto. Those are a few of my engagements that I did get paid for. But yeah, so that's definitely my biggest income. And I think it's kind of interesting because I'll talk a little bit about this more at the end, but I am changing my services completely into the new year. So I'm kind of curious if this is going to drop significantly with the new VIP days, with the new direction I'm going into, or if it's going to stay the same. But that was like the biggest portion of my income. And the other very, very nice surprise was my teachable income. So I have all my courses in Teachable, and I actually 
added all of my products into Teachable too. So like my templates, anything that used to be like something you check out on on Squarespace is now all inside Teachable. And so with my Teachable income, I made $33,691, which is so incredibly nuts because if you think back to what I made in 2019, I essentially made as much as I made in 2019 alone, just with my course and product income, which is like one of those things that I kind of had dreamed of early on in my business. Like, can I imagine like my courses and products being able to support me? Like how cool would that be? But that's kind of become a reality for me, which is very exciting. And probably one of the things this year that I was most excited about income wise. So yeah, so that's kind of my income breakdown. And let's get into expenses. So as for my operating expenses, and this is including like tools, travel, when I did like All Summit and before the pandemic, essentially. Um, this is also including client gifts. This is like including a bunch of things and my team. So that was 36000 And in relation to my income, that's actually a pretty good percentage. That means I'm around the 30000 mark, which is kind of our 30% mark for my expense to income ratio, which is something pretty good that my CPA were all super happy with. So that's my expenses. It sounds like a lot. And I'll get into a little bit more on kind of like what I actually did invest in. But overall, the main things that were my expenses, so I have two social media assistants. Um, so this was something that I started doing in July to basically help me ease out of client work. So my clients still pay me. I, this is slowly a very, very slow process of gradually me no longer being in the picture essentially, but they're basically doing all the work and I'm paying them like a team member. And then I have my podcast manager. Hey, Ashley. Um, so she is getting paid for doing two episodes a week. She also does the blog show notes, the graphics, um, anything you see with the podcast. I essentially just press record on the mic and that is what I just love her for. Um, and then we have my online business manager, which is Sarah. So a lot of you might know Sarah from Rebel Office. She, We have been friends literally almost since I started my business. So we have been in the very, very broke stages together and also the up-level stages too. And so she actually moved into being an online business manager. So um, we've actually worked together in a lot of different capacities in the past. I definitely think, think that would be a fun episode to do kind of like how we've worked together, how we navigate our friendship and work. Totally digress. But I have her for 20 hours a month. Um, it's definitely one of my more expensive team members, but she's worth every penny. Um, and then I have a designer that's more per project. So sometimes I do a graphic or two. Sometimes we're doing a ton of stuff for our launches or AR filters or things like that. But I do have a designer that's kind of per project. And those are my main team members. So that's definitely going to be shifting this year, which I'm sure I'll share more about. I kind of had to hire in a lot of ways reactively to a place where I was just super overwhelmed with work. But now I'm kind of in a place where I'm like planning for future hires so they can be really strategic. For example, a hire that I definitely am considering making is like a customer service 
course product community manager because as you can see, my products and courses are a big part of my income now, but they are a lot for me to manage just by myself. Like I handle all the customer service. So yeah, so that's definitely something that I think I might add on to the team and maybe some other things which we can talk about later. So the other big investments I made, and we'll get into this in the launch portion, is my website, copywriting, templates, and Dubsado systems, and my CPA, of course. So those are some other investments so you can kind of get an idea. And monthly tools. So my big monthly tools are Loom, Teachable, Dubsado, Calendly, Veed, Canva, ClickUp, later and some apps. So those are all the paid apps and tools that I use monthly. I am pretty good at making sure that I'm only paying for stuff that I use. Or when it comes to apps on my phone, I'm a little bit more lenient because I just love to have the option to see their updates and to use the pro features without worrying about if I have a paid feature or not because it is essentially my work to tell you what apps are working. So that's overall my main expenses. When I did go to Alt Summit, they didn't pay us. Um, they just gave us a free ticket. So I did have to do like lodging and my flight. And that was kind of an expensive trip, but that was my only travel for work this year. So not too shabby. Okay. So let's get into the launch overview. So the launch and Instagram overview, I was hoping this would be like the most interesting and fun thing to kind of go over. of just like literally seeing what was happening. So February and March, 2020. So I did my first course launch with my signature courses and I made $2,000 and it was a low, like absolutely no expenses, no team members, no outsourcing, just me showing up consistently on Instagram, trying to build my newsletter and promoting the heck out of my courses. And I was super thrilled with that launch. I remember, I remember being like, wow, this is really great. I've made a ton. Um, and I was super thrilled with it considering I was in a lot of ways, like really bootstrapping it. Um, I, that's the one thing I wish I could see was my follower counts. But my guess is that I maybe had like three maybe like 3000 followers. Like I didn't have a ton of followers at that time. So to have that big of a course launch, my audience was super small. My email list was super small. I was pretty thrilled with that. So that was my first launch of the year. And then June came around. So just for like the back end, if you're new here, if you're old here, in May, I was around like 5,000 followers. I was mainly doing client work. And in June was like the big pivot and shift for me. And I don't want to necessarily say like Black Lives Matter was like the main thing that blew up my brand, but I'd say it was definitely a contributing factor because I essentially went from having a pretty like smaller audience to having a big audience and having all these insane connections, um, whether it was for speaking, whether it was for all these different opportunities, collaborations, shout outs. So this was all happening during my June launch that I had already been planning and pre-launching in May. 
So I had my first five-figure launch that was $11,000 in June just from my course launch again. And that time I did make some crazy investments. So I invested in sales copy and my sales page. And I think it 100% paid for itself. It was 100% worth it. Something that I'm shifting um, next year, which you'll hear more about, is it's really hard to market for and sell for three very distinctive courses all within one place, one sales page. So that I feel like was an essential thing. And to have strategic email copy really helped me during this time because even though like Black Lives Matter and everything was really helped like blowing up the new eyes on my account, I also do think that because I did a webinar funnel, which I will be doing again, I absolutely loved. I did a live webinar where I basically did this webinar training and then afterwards I opened course enrollment. I think that combined with having really strategic email copy was like a winner. So overall was obviously very thrilled with my June launch at 11,000. And then in July, I also made a few course sales, but the main thing that happened in July was I was a part of the creator course bundle that was hosted by Quigley. And it was something that I was kind of hesitant to be a part of because I usually am very strict about discounting my courses, opening and closing them. And I've seen all these bundles and I've never been like a huge fan, but I love Quigley. I love all that she's doing. So it definitely appealed to me. And just from putting my course in that, I mean, I made, I got like hundreds of students, first of all. So I definitely think it helped with my audience. And then I also did get a, I got $5,000 in affiliate percentages from all the sales that I made. So I'd have to say I was pretty happy with that. I would definitely do a bundle again. When they did it another round, I wasn't a part of it because I do think I want to do it just sparingly. But I think that was kind of an interesting find as I think it was worth me being a part of it. And then I was also a part of another affiliate bundle during that time for Black entrepreneurs. So let's get into August. So this is when I kind of relaunched my shop, the sunshine shop, and I had a over $5,000 launch. And if I'm honest, I did not do a big push at that time. It felt like a very messy launch. Like there was a lot of website issues we were having. Like we had to finalize so many things. We had to perfect so many things. So that's kind of like the back end of that launch is it kind of wasn't like I did like one carousel and one reel. And then I mentioned, it a few times on stories, but that was like literally it. And then I also did have an October launch. So this is for the 30 day reels challenge that was turned into a course. So I had a $9,000 launch, almost $10,000 launch during the month, month of October. And I'd say I was not really pushing it a ton. I did some emails about it. I did have a wait list for it. Like I feel like I did a good job at marketing it, but I wasn't like doing a ton of graphics or a ton of content around it. It was just kind of a natural sell because I've been talking about Reels anyway. So that was kind of with the Reels course. And then just from November until now, I've had $6,000 in Evergreen sales from all the products on the shop, including my guides mini course. Um, in between like June and now, I've had like a few $2,000 to $3,000 months in between just for having my evergreen products up. So 
I'd say overall, I didn't have to do a ton of hard work and energy into my launches. It all felt very natural um, from like my first launch into my biggest launch into just a few smaller launches here and there. And that's kind of my launch overview. So I'd say overall, the strategic investments I made were definitely worth it. I'd say specifically using Instagram and email marketing was definitely worth it. And I'd say just me being very value focused and educational with my content made it where sales came very, very easy for me. I never had to do really big pushes because people already knew I was kind of an expert and really passionate about the products I was making. I was showing sneak peeks of them, things like that. So now let's get into the Instagram insights, which honestly I am most excited for. So let's start with my top IGTV posts. So I'm basically going to go from IGTV posts to feed posts to reels. And I'm going to basically, I went into my Instagram app under insights, and then I went to content types. So you can go to posts, you can go to IGTV, you can go to stories, and you can basically filter it based on over the past year. And then you can actually choose the metric you're important about. So that's what exactly what I did. So as for my top performing IGTV video, it was my reels tutorial, which had 3,900 views and 59 comments. So I know this one probably got a ton of shares and saves. And I just tried to be one of the top people to share about reels. It was one of my most commonly asked questions. So that's kind of why I think that one performed well, but it was like a screen share with a voiceover essentially. And then I did another piece of content on how I plan and batch reels, which had 2,800 views and 51 comments. Similar there, I just basically shared my thoughts. I shared some voiceovers, shared some clips on how I do it. And both of those videos, I think was a lot of the big factor was a timeliness thing. Reels were super hot and I was kind of one of the only people that were like really diving into the strategy part of it. So I think part of it was opportunity, but part of it was that they were more edited, very specific videos versus a lot of the live replays that I did, but they did perform really well. I'm very happy with the live replays I have on my IGTV channel. Um, and then the last one was a live and it was major Instagram news and it had 2,200 views and 40 comments. So overall, I'd say I had like three, between 3,000 and 2,000 were like my highest performing IGTV, but 2,000 was like an average. Now let's get into the feed post because this is where the tea is spilt. This is where the tea is spilt. If you're wondering if feed posts are worth your time, listen to this part and kind of see what worked for me. So the highest reaching post, the post with the most follows, and I think the post with like the most overall engagement was my guide's carousel. Um, and this is another one where I think me being one of the first to give high value information about something was definitely to my benefit and these types of content. So I got 960 likes on this carousel and 110 comments 315 shares and 960 saves. So as for shares and saves, I think this was like huge. And I got a, over a hundred new followers just from this post because it was getting a lot of shares and it was just getting a lot of engagement. So that's very, very cool to see. And also I want to say for that carousel, they were very, very simple. The slides were simple, straightforward. It wasn't anything really complex. So I think that's also why it resonated really well. 
as for my post that got the most comments and saves, it was my emoji carousel about your brand and emojis. So it only had 750 likes, which is why likes aren't always a good indicator of what performed best. It got 191 comments, which was amazing considering I don't even think I replied to comments on that post because like I would have had to reply 200 times essentially. Um, So great comments and literally my first line in that post and in the carousel was to comment your emojis. So I think it shows the power of call to actions. It also had 27 shares and 235 saves, but overall the comments was where it was at there. And then website taps. So this is someone going from one of your feed posts and clicking the link in your bio. So this one was very surprising. So it was actually a future self batching notification post. So it was like a notification style graphic and it had 121 clicks, which was for my webinar. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if it was the copy, if it was the notification style post. I mean, this was probably in May. So I know those were really trendy then. So definitely something I might test again during another launch period or another webinar or lead magnet. Okay, so another top performing feed post was how I gained 5,000 followers with Reels. And this was kind of a case study style post. So it had 954 likes, which is one of my top likes. Not a ton of comments, 55 comments, but it did have 205 shares 301 saves and 111 website clicks. So overall, this had a lot of really great engagement and the call to action was to buy my Reels mini course. So I think this probably generated a lot of sales there. As for just some general common themes with this content is like whenever I asked for engagement or I had a very strong call to action to click the link in bio, to comment, to share, to save, people really took it. And I'd say overall carousels. Carousels really, really performed well. I did have a static feed post that also did perform well, but overall from all of these examples, they were carousels. So definitely content that takes takes a ton of time for me, but definitely worth my time. And also where an investment came in. So I invested in a few carousel templates this year, and that kind of helped me master my carousel strategically as well. And I think another theme, and this might not apply to everyone, but being the first to touch on something new definitely did benefit me because I know a lot of people are like, it's not worth your energy to rush and be on the first one on something, like to be an early adopter, to be the first to talk about something. But I overall found that it was really beneficial for me, especially within like the education realm when Instagram is just changing so often. I also did briefly look at my Instagram stories because if you're looking at stories insights, they're only for the most recent 30 or 14 days. So I couldn't look at the whole year, but just in the past few days, um, just to see if since I have swipe up now, is that a huge game changer? And mainly the big things that got a lot of swipe ups were products when I was sharing my Amazon storefront or when I was sharing like a call to action for my courses in a graphic. And I got between 80 to 50 link clicks per Instagram story roughly. So I'd say that's great, but I'd say that I probably would still get a decent amount of website clicks without having swipe up. So this is me saying the swipe up is great and beneficial, but it's not the end of the world because like 80 link clicks per story is like pretty great, but not like amazing considering I can get like 
a little over a thousand views per story. So let's talk about my top reels. So of course we know reels don't really have analytics yet. And keep in mind when I'm sharing the comments of these reels, some of the comments actually might be mine replying, but these were my top four performing reels. So the first one is my mo- one of my most recent ones where I said um, tips to caption your stories using threads. So this one got 34,000 views and it got... 1.3 thousand likes. So definitely very high engagement there and 221 comments, some of which I know were mine for that one specifically. Um, so I did a little intro where I was talking and then I went into the actual tutorial and this one performed super, super well. The other reel that performed really well is optimizing your bio. And so I kind of did a funny sound with this one. It was quick, short, to the point. The value was really in the caption. Um, And it had 21,000 views, 1.4 thousand likes, and 105 comments. So also pretty great engagement. And if you compare these views and likes and even comments to the other pieces of content I've been sharing, they're obviously far superior. I also got another video, five easy calls to actions. And in this one, I do want to say I was pointing. It's one of my only pointing reels. Um, So this one had 25,000 views and 1,000 likes. So also some great engagement. It didn't have a ton of comments though. And then my top reel from the 30 day reels challenge, which you can buy in my reels mini course is three stories mistakes. That was the prompt that I was going off of. And so this one had 40,000 views. So I'm pretty sure it's my top viewed reel. It did have, um, a thousand and three hundred likes. So definitely one of my top likes, but the comments were a little bit lower with 73 comments. So that's kind of my top performance. Reels content. So overall, I think most of them I weren't talking to the camera. I was either just doing it to music, doing it to a voiceover, doing a tutorial, or anything like that. So that's kind of an idea for the reels, but I'd say they either said like five easy, five tips, five mistakes, or it gave like really actionable steps or tips with a lot of value in the caption. So I don't, I hope you guys can't hear this, but we are definitely getting pressure washing outside of my apartment when I'm recording this, but I want to wrap things up on like, what, what does all this mean? What worked for Soul Studio in 2020 and what didn't work? How am I going into the new year with this? So the first thing is I know products are working. There's something my audience want. There's a need there. And I want to focus more on strategic product creation and the sales and launch launching of the products. I think the more I can increase that income next year is the more I can kind of step back and do more of the things that I like versus always doing one-on-one stuff, which there really is a lot of benefit in having that more passive income where like in December, for example, I've not really been promoting my digital products, but I've already made like $3,000 from them because they're kind of a great passive source of income for me. I think the biggest thing I'm excited to see for 2021 is how my shifting from VIP days and some other new offers um, is going to change 
my income, hopefully for the better into the new year. Um, because getting away from monthly retainers is definitely scary, especially when I look at how much money I really made with monthly retainers. But that's kind of one thing. I think the biggest thing related to speaking is I'm definitely going to stick to charging my speaker rate. And Avoiding doing any free or affiliate-only events that don't really pay off because I found that they didn't really give a huge benefit for me besides just overwhelming me and exhausting me. Unless it was a great connection or a relationship builder or you know a big brand or something like that, I overall didn't find that if I was only being paid like an affiliate percentage for speaking at an event, it just was not worth my time. I'm going to charge my speaker rate. So that's a big thing I want to shift going into the new year. As for content, I definitely want to focus more on edited IGTV videos. I feel like I kind of shifted into doing lives more, which I really enjoyed, but it definitely shows that IGTV videos that were pre-recorded were working well. And I definitely know that reels and carousels are my main focus content-wise. So that's going to be kind of my main energy focus and how I can be really strategic with those and how I can consistently deliver those. And as for launches, I'd say that my focus on email marketing and a webinar funnel were definitely things that really worked for me and um, that investing in outsourcing and help definitely did pay off. So those are definitely things I'm going to move into next year for launches. I'm also, we're, we're actually having our team meeting today for 2021 planning. But I think it will also be interesting to kind of see on, you know, maybe some other investments that might work, but also how we can maybe move into some more evergreen funnels as well that are a little bit more for those higher ticket products. I'd say the biggest thing that didn't work this year, which I'm already shifting away from, is balancing the digital product side of my business, client work, and speaking. It was a lot and it led to a lot of burnout between like June and probably like, I don't know, for the rest of the year. It's just not possible for me to do all of them really well without completely draining myself. So that's something I'm intentionally going into the new year considering. So that is my 2020 year in review. If you tuned into this episode, I would love if you can take a screenshot, share it on your stories, DM me, and let me know what do you think was the most interesting part of this episode. And is this something that we should make a tradition? Should I do it for 2021? Well, I hope you enjoy the start to this new season for the podcast. I cannot wait to hear what you think of the epic guests we have coming. Like, guys, like, they are amazing. And I cannot wait for you to hear from them. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast, or just come over and say hi at soul studio marketing on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the show to be the first to know when our next episode airs. And if you love what you've heard, I just so appreciate it. If you left us a review, it really helps support us. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time. Oh, I'm better.